welcome to another episode of Back to the Batcave, revisiting Batman the Animated Series. As always, I'm your host, Adam, and with me is my co-host, Josh. Josh, how's it going? Oh, it's going great, Adam. I've had a very eventful week, so I'm excited to sit down with you here and talk about these episodes. Awesome. It's always a good time uh, sitting back and enjoying and revisiting, in our case, Batman uh, the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we left off, well, based on our first episode, uh, viewers and listeners will know that we are going in a um, special fan order um, to watch this show. Um, so it's really giving us a new perspective on on the show, a new like, look at it with kind of a fresh pair of eyes. Um, so before we dive into the episodes that we're going to talk about today, What's it been like uh, now that we're four episodes deep um, watching the show in this in this manner for you? You know, it's it's been really great, actually. I think that it feels it's funny. It it feels more like a a serialized TV show, uh, even yeah. though that these are individual stories. There's events that happen that make you feel like, wow, these are um, these are you know. Uh, 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 this is happening at the same time. It, yeah, it makes yeah. you really feel that way, you know? Yeah, so, so far, I would agree. It feels like at least, you know, from a storytelling point of view, it, it, it has the vibe as if you're watching a live-action series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no... Like, it just... It's like, yeah, and and... From story to story, the the sense of this Batman is progressing as each episode goes along is really uh, prevalent here. Um, I agree, and there's there's a lot of uh, introductions that make sense, right? I mean, uh, Joker and Batman have a pre-existing relationship in this episode, but it really does feel like an introduction for us to the Joker. Yeah. Uh, it really feels like an introduction to us, to Robin. Yes, um, yeah. All of those things. Even though it's quite clear with both of those characters, this iteration of Batman has a pre-existing relationship right. with both of them. And it's funny because it kind of works like um, the, the sort of Burton Batman films in a way. Because mm-hmm. this Batman, when we meet him, when that Batman, when we meet him, has a certain history... Um, but yet it feels like an introduction at the same time. And so watching the episodes of the animated series in the order that we are has that same <coughs> sense as well. So, yes. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement uh, with you on that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it really is it really is fun uh, so far watching it in this, man, in this manner. So, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying myself for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the cool same. things is... One of the cool things is for me, I kind of if I watch it in the order that it is on, you know, on the discs or, or whatnot. In your case, I guess HBO Max. Um, you kind of know what's which episode's coming. Like you're kind of prepared for. Okay, well now I'm going to see. Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. this, I'm like, oh, I'm actually surprised. Oh, okay, it's this episode. Or you know, in the case of the second episode we watched today, I really had not much of a memory of 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 that particular episode. So. It was almost as if it was brand new to me. 
Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I, I agree. I go to episodes, when I watch the show independently of any sort of watch list, uh, I tend to go to episodes that I remember and enjoy the most. Yeah. So it's been really great having episodes like Night of the Ninja, where, uh, you know, I, I don't, that's not a particularly go-to episode for me. So yeah. uh, that's, or, or in the case of, of last time, the Cape and Cal conspiracy uh, wasn't a particularly, uh, uh, wasn't an episode that I'd necessarily gravitate towards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I flat out forgot about Cape and Cow conspiracy. To be honest with you, <laughs> so that was really oh, this exists. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I remember this. So yeah, um, it's been and, fun. And, and and in addition to that, Adam, I feel like a lot of uh, and and this is this I'm sure this will be a recurring theme uh, with a lot of these episodes that uh, that uh, you know are aren't we aren't that familiar with. Uh, from being kids, uh, you you kind of gain new appreciation for them as adults. Yeah, you know? it's true. It's true. Uh, so, so for example, the the Cape and Cal conspiracy is the episode that kind of has stuck with me over the last month. Uh, uh, less so the Penguin episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I probably would have been more uh, attracted to as a um, as a little kid because you know for it's sure, it yeah. super villain. Yes. So, um, and I, I would say the same thing. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but proceed, proceed. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get into the like the specifics of each episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, first up is Joker's last laugh, correct? Yes. Yes. The uh, last. The last laugh. Oh, okay. The last. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a comic title, Joker's last laugh, and that's where I'm. That's yeah. where I'm equating the two. But yeah, give us a little brief, a brief summation of what happens in this episode. Yeah, sure. So uh, basically what happens is uh, it's April Fool's Day in Gotham. And uh, there's a large green garbage truck that is emitting gas uh, across Gotham City and turning people into raving lunatics, including Alfred. And uh, nobody knows what to do. And uh, the Batman basically has to figure out how to get these people back to normal. So... um, this episode, I think, is quite notable because it's our introduction to the Joker and uh, in in this release order. So, um, yeah, that's that's a that's a brief summary. Uh, uh, I think that uh, it's notable because uh, it introduces one of the two iconic performances of this series: uh, Mark Hamill playing the Joker, which uh, is a happy accident. Um, <laughs> As I'm sure you're well aware of, yeah. uh, uh, Adam. That's uh, yeah. It's uh, it was an accident that uh, that uh, Mark Hamill was the Joker. It was supposed to be Tim Curry, and uh, Mark Hamill was kind of a fill-in. And uh, how lucky are we that that ended up happening? I'm he sure filled, Tim- he filled in so well that, that it's iconic now. He he filled in so well that almost thirty years later he's still getting roped into playing the Joker in various projects. So. That would be the equivalent of like a high, uh, like a, a high school supply teacher mm-hmm. becoming employee of the year at the, at the school that they first supplied in. You know, it'd be like mm-hmm. it's that it'd be the ultimate success story. So, but I one of the things I really like about this episode is that. Joker really doesn't have a defined like motive here. It's just yes. 
chaos for chaos' sake. Yes. Because it's April Fools. Yes. Yeah. It's I. What I loved about this episode is that they, uh, they. It's it's an episode that could only be done in a in a twenty minute animation form, right? You 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 probably couldn't tell the story in a film form. I mean, it's just it's. It, it the Joker doesn't have enough motivation. It's not yeah. epic enough. You're right. It's April Fool's Day, so so the Joker wants to pull a mass prank on Gotham City. Yeah. Uh, that results in a bunch of people going and staying insane and uh, potential probably potentially dying at the end. Yeah. Although I mean, they they don't get quite that graphic in the in the yeah, show. Yeah, well, of course they still have to keep it tame enough for for children. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like you see, the people are riding in the streets. Mm-hmm. And sure, Joker takes advantage of that by by, you know, he he robs some jewelry store. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But but he, it's not like I'm gonna do this so I have easier access to the jewelry store. It was just uh, it's April Fools. I want to have some fun. Let's 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 infect everybody with laughing gas and and see what happens. Um, yeah, yeah, no, and and. and uh... It lacks the Joker lacks motivation, but Batman doesn't lack motivation in this episode right, because right. because not only is the city in peril, but it becomes a lot more personal when Alfred is infected with the yeah. laughing gas. And so, yeah, yeah I, th- I think that's that was a great way for the writers to to turn it. And uh, yeah. And before we get into like more specifics about the, you know, the confrontation between Batman and the Joker. I really like the beginning of this episode where Bruce is already coming home from like a night of crime fighting and, you know, he's, he's getting ready to, you know, shower and presumably go to sleep or whatever he's going to do. Uh-huh. And Alfred's like, oh, uh, you know, they have some bath and then he's like, I took the liberty of drawing you a bath. So, you know, Bruce walks towards the bath and sees an empty tub and and he's like Alfred, what gives? He's like, well, I told you I drew you a bath, and he and Alfred pulls out a picture yes. of a bath as an April yeah. Fool's joke. I thought that was hilarious. It oh was yeah, one of the funniest things. And it's the the dry, droll humor of Alfred that really like, you know, it, it's true in in live action that, that you know one of the the, the success of a Batman yeah, movie yeah mm-hmm. hinges on the relationship of, of Batman and Alfred mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. their banter. And I think that's true of the animated series as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 100%. We see examples of that through uh, various uh, live-action interpretations of the Batman. You know, um, uh, Michael Goh had a couple of really funny zingers. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the most prominent one I can recall is uh, uh, when it, he doesn't necessarily deliver the zinger himself, but it's, uh, it, you know, he, he kind of lays up Batman and it's like, can I pack you a sandwich, sir? And uh, Batman says, I'll get drive through, and then he oh, drives off. You know, that was a classic. You know, that was a classic back in '95. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then uh, and then Michael Caine had some good zingers, and yeah. uh, even Jeremy Irons had some great zingers. So oh, yeah. all all of them have had good good one liners. Yeah, and this and this you know um, continues right into animation form. It, it's the relationship is a vital, a vital part of, of, of you know, uh, the series, their, their, their interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, Bruce, in his own way, returns the favor. At the end of the episode, after Alfred's sort of cleaning up the mess he made in the manor, 
And uh, Alfred, because he broke a vase, and uh, Alfred's all bummed out about it. He goes, oh, don't worry about it. I'll just take it out of uh, your, your salary for the next couple of years. Yeah. And as he's walking away, he turns back and he goes, Alfred, you know, April Fool. So the banter is there back and forth. And I, I like that. It, it's it's a, a Batman with a sense of humor never hurt anybody. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it, 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 I mean, if we're talking... You know, I wouldn't want Batman to go full George Clooney, but in in moderation, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, I, I think I think it works. And I, uh, Kevin Conroy's delivery really sort of um, makes it makes it work. Yeah, yeah. So does uh, I think it was um, um, what's the the actor that, that voiced Alfred? Um, oh, um, I don't know who it is in this episode. Um, let me. There was me, two, right? There was two. There's two. Yeah. yeah. Let me see who. It, it was Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., yeah, okay. who, who played Alfred through most of the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think he was, the, of the two, he was the better voice for Alfred. In he, my opinion. he was, yeah, he was. Um, hmm. The interesting thing with Batman and the Joker is that um, there is a moment where Joker seems to have the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Batman is basically floating to the bottom of uh, Gotham Harbor River, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and and so you know that sense of the villain having the upper hand, Batman in peril. Again, I think every time that's done in this show, it is a nod, and the way it's done is a subtle nod to Batman sixty six. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean. It doesn't have the, you know, will Batman make it out of this trap? It doesn't have that. But yeah. you can just tell the way it's the way it's done and, and how it plays itself out. It really is in that kind of mold. It's uh, an homage. Yeah, yeah. And and so I, I like that because you can imagine that uh, Bruce Tim and Paul Dini were, were, you know, yes, they had a mandate to make it feel similar to Batman 89 and Batman Returns. Uh-huh. But they, when they grew up, their frame of reference for Batman probably was Batman 66. So Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's only natural they're going to throw stuff in there. Yeah. I, I like the fact that I think in terms of this rewatch, this is the first time we see the Bat, uh, the bat boat, which is kind of cool. I like seeing different... Yeah, the different vehicles, the bad vehicles. I think you're right. I think it is the first time we see the bat boat. So yeah, so we've yeah. Got the, we've got the car, and we've got the bat boat. I don't think we've seen the uh, bat wing as of yet. Right? No, not yet, not yet. But it's coming, and it and once it's there, it's it's uh, ever present. Uh, yeah. Not as much as the Batmobile, of course, but uh, but you know, it's it's there. I think there's a Lego of that and of that Batwing, or, or there was one on. There was a big, like there's a big replica uh, figure of it on sale that I that is quite expensive, but I that's something. <laughs> at some point, if I could get my hands on that, that'd be quite that would be quite enjoyable. I knew yeah. somebody that I know somebody that has that. Oh, interesting. And yeah, it's, it's it's quite uh, it's quite something to to behold. The size of it is quite crazy. Yeah, um, yeah, but. Che- I want to call out two really quick things. Yeah, 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 first, yeah. first thing is I want to give props to uh, Shirley Walker. Um, I really felt like this episode, in, in terms of our watch, uh, its uh, production number is number four. We're watching it number three. 
Um, but uh, but fourth episode uh, produced, and I really feel like Shirley Walker did a great job of uh, taking the essence of uh, of the Danny Elfman score and doing something a little bit different. There was that kind of like I don't know, it, I I don't know how to describe it. Uh, almost like. Um, uh, 70s kind of like uh, um, you know crime movie kind of yeah. da, 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 at the beginning it was like it, it was very different from from Batman and Batman Returns so yeah. um, I, pr- I really appreciated that I noticed it and it was it was well done um, the other thing that I want to call out and and obviously, uh, this all can be discussion, uh, is Mark Hamill's performance as the Joker. Um, uh, it, it, Mark Hamill is just apt, just slides into this role. And, yeah. and, and the other funny part of it, too, is I think that Mark Hamill's doing a couple other voices in, in this. Yeah, thing. he did the truck driver at the, at the beginning. Yeah, I yeah. I could tell that was... And it, you know what's funny is that... Well, I want to touch on both of the things you oh, talked about. Oh. Oh, Adam, really quick. Uh, I, I should note that uh, I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt because we were we are recording this on May the 4th. And yes. uh, we are talking about Luke Skywalker here. So that's we, we I mean, it's very apropos. It's very, very, <laughs> uh, very well. Uh, I don't know if you planned that, but here we are. It's, it's, <laughs> well done. Well done if you did. Um, but um, in terms of what you said with the music. Because that 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 beat that you that you mentioned, where it starts off with that beef beat and then it morphs into the you know the Danny Elfman theme a bit. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if she's she's because you hear that beat for the Joker's intro theme at the beginning. So it's mm-hmm. almost like I like the way she melds the Batman and Joker themes together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. like they, like one seeps into the other. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that put. The push and pull of Batman and Joker's adversarial relationship is kind of felt through the music, so that's a good mm-hmm. call. I, I, I like that you bring that up. Mm-hmm. And then with Mark Hamill, I mean, it's funny because whenever he's the Joker, I kind of just hear the Joker. Like I yes. don't. Whenever I'm, I know who it is, but it's not mm-hmm. like I'm watching and thinking. Well, there, there's Luke Skywalker doing the voice of the Joker. It yeah. just becomes the Joker. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so, it just, he, he just he just disappears into the Joker role. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll never forget one time watching. He did a. It may have been one of the one of the Star Wars celebrations, where there's a video where he's having a conversation between Luke Skywalker and the Joker. And he's doing both voices, or both performances, and it's it's a hell of a thing to watch. Oh, I sh- I need to look that up. I've never seen that yeah, before. It's 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 something else. Mm-hmm. Um, the final battle between Batman and the Joker in this, again, it's got a little bit of, you know, Batman sixty six and Batman eighty nine flavor in the sense that, you know, Batman's hopping on on you know these large props, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that, that you'd only find, you'd think, in a 60s show. Like, the conveyor belt is exceedingly large, and the, it looks like the, the, the rudders of the machinery he's hopping on. And so 
it all feels very 66. But then when they're on the 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 pathway, and Joker gets knocked off, and he's going to fall into the pit of the of the of the you know, it, it's very reminiscent of him about to fall into the vat of chemicals. Yes. Difference mm-hmm. being, Batman catches him and, and you know pulls him back up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it just it called to mind, you, you know, the fact that this show can call to mind so you know two vastly different portrayals of Batman. Mm-hmm. And, and they somehow seamlessly fit together. Still amazes me how they pull that off. Oh yeah, no, that it's what Batman the animated series does best is pulling all the various elements of Batman together. Because the '80s, uh, Batman '89 and Batman Returns, uh, well, more so Batman '89. Uh, Tim Burton pulled a lot of inspiration from The Dark Knight Returns, yeah. which, had, which had just come out uh, three years before Batman 89. In 1986, one year before I was born, which is insane. But anyways, yeah. uh, 35 years ago, actually. It's the 35th anniversary of That's The Dark insane. Knight Returns. I'm, I'm older than that book. That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, but I digress. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so um, I, you know, but... I think that the main influence for Batman the Animated Series is really the 70s. Uh, it's it's uh, Denny O'Neill's Batman, and and we'll we'll see that later as we uh, as we go into the uh, the Rajal Ghoul episodes. And I and I say Rajal Ghoul in this case because that's how this series uh, yeah, yeah. that's how this series pronounces it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, unless you have anything else to say, Adam, about uh, no, I, yeah, about I, the series, uh, about this episode, maybe this is where we can rate it. It's it's sure, it's, yeah. a, it's a good segue into the next uh, yeah. next episode. <laughs> I, I really enjoy, overall, I really enjoyed the episode. It was a strong. Uh, you, I couldn't dream up a better debut for the Joker. I don't think. Mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in the context of this rewatch, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we're doing it out of five, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and give this a... I'm not sure I'll throw it out. My first five. I, I love this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. Um, I agree. This is actually the first episode I've watched where I have memories of it as a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah same. I remember this episode as a kid, and... Um, uh, yeah, I, I love this episode as well. I think that uh, Shirley Walker's work with the music is terrific. I think that Mark Hamill is terrific as the Joker. Um, slides right into the role. This is probably his first time recording the ep- uh, his lines for the Joker, and it and it's just so well done. Uh, as you say, it's it's really they take advantage of the animation format and really deliver a story that they can only tell. So I also give this episode five out of five. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So on to the fourth episode in our uh, season uh, rewatch. So uh, tell us which episode this is and and a little bit about the episode, Josh. Sure. So this is Night of the Ninja. Uh, uh, The basic premise is that uh, Bruce Wayne has a break in it. Wayne Cosmetics, a ninja, comes in and steals money from the safe. And uh, basically, um, this is our introduction to Dick Grayson, a.k.a. Robin, and um, Bruce is training him. And um, 
meanwhile, he is, uh, Bruce is kind of uh, going on an interview with uh, the main reporter in Gotham, Summer Gleason. And uh, he's having to face a mysterious force from the past and complete with flashbacks. So that is the episode. Um, and yeah, my, my general just opening thoughts is uh, uh, Wayne, Bruce Wayne, uh, um, shaken, not stirred. This is yeah. very much a James Bond story. Uh, superimposed over the DC Batman universe uh, in the DCAU. Um, yeah, I, and, I would, yeah. And it's, uh, it's really terrifically done. Um, it gives us kind of a, a glimpse into Bruce's training. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think that uh, this is a great performance from Kevin Conroy. And, yeah. uh, and an episode, again, that I don't really remember from being a kid. Um and probably would have been bored with when I was a kid, but uh, that I found to appreciate, um, that I found to appreciate as an adult. I really liked it. I loved the homages to the 1970s, which is like, if you can't tell, the Silver Age is probably my favorite era of comic books. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I love, I love it, and uh, it, it, it's a lot of fun. So it was also great to see the introduction of Dick Grayson. I, I love this version of of Robin. Um, I think that it's, it's really strong. It's probably the, the biggest mass media version of Robin that, uh, that exists. So, uh, those are my opening thoughts. What, what did you think of this episode, Adam? I I really, I I really enjoyed it. Like you, I didn't much remember, like I didn't have strong memories from it from childhood. I I did like the flashback structure and how Mm -hmm. we did get a little bit of insight into Bruce's training. Um, and I will um, echo your sentiments in terms of uh, well done to Kevin Conroy because he did have to change his inflection in his voice. You know, he had to go to three levels. Yeah. Uh, you know, Batman, scholarly Batman, um, uh, Bruce Wayne, Playboy Millionaire when he's with uh, Summer Gleason, and mm-hmm. then young Bruce Wayne or younger Bruce Wayne during the training uh, flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with your uh, assessment that it takes a lot from the 70s. Like It, it feels like a Silver Age kind of story. Mm-hmm. Uh, this reminds me a lot of the um, recent animated feature Batman Soul of the Dragon. I don't know if you've seen that yet. I haven't seen that yet either. I need to I need to watch. Maybe that's the one I'll rent this week. I, uh, I gotta I got I think based on your Silver Age leanings uh-huh. and what you initially said about this episode, uh-huh. I think you're gonna dig it. I think you're really gonna like it. Nice. So that's my my uh, my recommendation to you. I, I definitely think it's worth your uh, your time, especially given your comic book uh, leanings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely got vibes from that. Seeing the different uh, subsidies of, you know, Wayne Enterprises that get that get robbed or vandalized is, is, nice, is a nice touch because it shows you, you know, part of Bruce, Bruce's life outside of the Cape and Cow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, in the first three episodes, you don't really get much. It's It's... Bruce with Alfred, Bruce in the cave, and then Batman kicking butt on the streets of Gotham. Yeah. That's, 
that's pretty much the range of, of Batman's life that we've gotten up to this point. So it's mm-hmm. nice to see. Also, I'm always a good, I'm always a sucker for a good Commissioner Gordon rooftop, you know, police kind of investigation scene. Oh, yes, yeah. Especially in mm-hmm. this noir kind of context that Batman the Animated Series uh, puts on. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so that's great. Um, and I think the villain's motivation for attacking Bruce Wayne in the sense that, you know, he was sort of, he was a fellow a fellow student with Bruce back mm-hmm. in Japan. And, um, and he, Bruce caught him stealing, a, trying to steal a sword. And that eventually got him excommunicated from the dojo. And that's really, you know, the main force behind his uh, anger and resentment to Bruce Wayne. So I, I thought his motivation felt justified. Yes. Um, and in terms of Robin's sort of introduction into this um, episode, th- this is why I think this, so far, this um, viewing order has been quite quite ingenious because it feels like the early days of Robin. And, and because it starts with Bruce and Dick doing some martial arts training, in my head, I'm like, okay, this is these are the earlier days of Robin when he, you know, he was just getting started with Batman. Yeah, that's why they're training. That mm-hmm. was my just mm-hmm. okay. So it made sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he feels like he's sixteen, like fifteen or sixteen years old right, in this exactly. in this yeah. show. Yeah, in this episode. Agreed. Yeah, uh, agreed. So so it made sense. Um, I again the the Dick and Alfred conversation of. You know, because basically the first confrontation between Batman and, and, and our ninja doesn't go well for Bruce. He actually gets quite quite defeated. Mm-hmm. Robin comes to his rescue to a degree. And, um, well, he comes to his rescue because he doesn't want Summer Gleason to see, right. to yeah. see him fight. So Robin right. fixes yeah. that by unraveling a oh, rug. Oh, no, no, that was before. I mean, I'm talking about on the Oh, oh yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I think that was kind of... Um, Interesting, because then that leads to a conversation between Dick and Alfred, where it's like, you know, that guy almost had him, and Bruce mm-hmm. would never admit it, admit you know that I that I I saved him because that would that would require admitting that he lost, and mm-hmm. and even Alfred's like, oh, he'd never admit that, and then Bruce walks in, and, you know, before he and says, you know, I'll be I'll be back later, and, and as Bruce exits, he's like, I wonder if he heard it, and then <laughs> Alfred's like, oh, who could ever tell because. You never really get a change in demeanor from Bruce, so yes, uh, I, I I just like that little banter between Alfred and, and Dick. I thought it was oh, something yeah. really small but very important. Yeah, and then yeah. after Bruce and Summer are captured by the ninja, as you were alluded to, Robin has to step in for for the sole purpose of you know Bruce is holding back mm-hmm. and making himself out to be uh, incapable because. He feels that the minute Summer, you know, sees him go all, you know, Bruce Lee on on this ninja, she'll put two and two together that you know is Bruce Wayne back. You know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. But there might be the possibility, and I think that's important because, without saying it, he's giving Summer Gleason a bit of credit. Yes, like he's. It's not that oh she's an idiot she'll never figure it out you know you know mm-hmm. like. like 
I've always thought some reporter in Gotham would look at Batman, look how he arrives on the scene with that kind of car, that kind of vehicle or, or tech and all that, and think, hmm, let's, this guy is six foot something. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Wayne is six foot something. You know, he has the money to put... Like, some, at some point, you'd imagine in Gotham City that one of the reporters would be like, wise enough to start putting the pieces together. That's why Grant Morrison was brilliant for uh, making Bruce the benefactor of Batman. In yeah, that, that was a good excuse. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily enjoy all of the Batman Inc. kind of characters that bore out of that eventually, but I, the explanation of I bankroll Batman made sense mm-hmm, as, mm-hmm. as a way to throw off further suspicion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so, no, I uh, so I like the fact that he gave her some he gave her enough props to say, I got to disguise my ability here. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Robin knocks down the, the drapery. So it, it, you know, obscures, uh, uh, obscures her, uh, her view. And then suddenly Bruce goes into, you know, Batman mode. Yeah. And, and just, you know, tears. Tears, uh, tears that ninja, you know, a new one. Um, mm-hmm. So I, yeah, and then even Bruce is like, you, you know, at the end he thanks, he, he acquiesces and thanks Dick. He's like, you know, he, he, he does it his own way. He was like, I could have had him, but without you there, it would have been a lot more difficult. Yeah, that's his way of of saying thank you. But but he does get there in the end. So uh, even in in the in the when looking at the three episodes preceding this and then seeing an episode with Robin in it, you see how the presence of Robin, you know, slightly softens Batman. Not to you know ridiculous campy degrees, but enough that it's you know you you start to get a sense of why the character of Robin is so important. Yeah, absolutely, and it gives there it Bruce's Bruce has a little bit of character growth here, yeah. uh, which which. Which is good. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I really. Is there anything else you wanted to call out, or specifically, or? Um, you know, I did. Did you catch? Did you kind of feel the the James Bond references, like the? I did. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. Especially seeing seeing Bruce in a suit, you know, pull off some of those moves. I'm like, okay, this is really. I was kind of yeah. I, I was I was kind of feeling it before, kind of with the story and like the the structure of the the episode. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then when they had Bruce in a tuxedo at the end, I really felt like they were laying it on thick that this is yeah. this is this is partially a James Bond image, you know. Yeah, um, for sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there is there is some of that within the Bruce Wayne character. Yeah, absolutely. And Christopher Nolan really, I mean, most of the uh, protagonists in Christopher Nolan movies uh, have a have a touch of Bond in them, you know. Yeah, how um, that guy hasn't directed a Bond movie yet is beyond me. Oh, I know. Well, you know, uh, not to not to veer too off course, but uh, the rumors of Tom Hardy taking over for uh, for uh, Daniel Craig um, lead me, and and they're not like soft rumors. They're a bunch of people in the know. I don't know if you remember a few months ago tweeted out Tom Tom Hardy is the next James Bond. Yeah. Um 
And, uh, and um, if that's true, I think it's an indication that maybe the, the producers have gotten Nolan to direct uh, a Bond well, movie. Well, I, I think it's just a matter of, to be honest with you, I think it's just a matter of time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before he, before he steps on in, in, in that, yeah. into that franchise. But I really, you know, as as a fan of the of the again the '60s and '70s Bond movies, uh, uh, I I really loved those homages and think that they really work with this character. So I mean, you uh, could even see it in the '60s show, like yeah, mm-hmm. who who else but you know Bond would have the tech that Batman did in that show? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, like it's it it goes part. Uh, part and parcel I think the two characters go together nicely mm-hmm. and I think uh, it's actually funny just a, a quick aside um, Adam West in a commercial was playing like a Bond spoof mm. and that's what got him the, the audition for Batman oh that's interesting that lots of connections also um, I don't know who owns the Bond comic rights but I think that they need to contact DC and do a oh, Batman Bond yeah. crossover. Uh, World I I'd, I'd love to see it in like the Batman 66 and Bond and oh, like, yeah. the Connery Bond being yes. that crossover. Yes. Like, you know I, what I mean? Cuz yeah. I love those I don't know if you've read the, the Batman 66 meets the Green Hornet. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's that, great. that stuff is just it's it's gold, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I yeah, the bond, the bond finger, the the bond kind of um, touches are all over uh, uh, Bruce. Especially, I know Bruce kind of. When did Fleming write uh, Bond? Uh, I think. First. I think it. I think it was the late 1950s, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so Batman uh, came first. Yeah. Uh, yes, Casino Royale. It because Bond is a Bond is a creature of the Cold War. Yes. So, um, Bond, so Batman clearly came first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think later writers, like you know the Denny O'Neills and such, really infused some Bond into Batman. Yeah, so so uh, so Casino Royale was written in 1953. Right, so mm-hmm. almost uh, you know a good chunk of time after after Batman had been uh, uh, brought into life on, on in the comic page. About yeah, yeah, fourteen years, fourteen yeah. years later. Right. <laughs> so so but 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 writers in the 70s, I think, clearly uh, infused some bond into Bruce. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so the, the the parallels are definitely there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, overall, I really, really like this episode. I, I mean, it just—it's got a bit of everything. Like, like you said, it's got the Bruce Wayne uh, facade. It's got a little bit of Bond. It's got origin, you know, um, training flashbacks. It's a fantastic episode. I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I, I I I am the same. I I really enjoyed it. Uh, I loved the the seventies aesthetic. I loved the introduction of Dick Grayson. I think that uh, Kevin Conroy does an excellent job in this as always, uh, but particularly so considering he has to play three iterations of Bruce. Yeah, yeah. So your numerical rating, what would it be? 
uh, for this one, uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go. Uh, you know, uh, whew, man. Um, I I I don't really have anything to complain about in this episode, yeah. so I'm gonna give it a five out of five. Actually, same here. I, I was kind yeah. of looking. I'm like, not that I'm looking not to give these episodes fives, but there's gonna be quite a few fives, I think, along the along the course here. You know what I? You know what I'll 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 give it actually I'll I'll amend my rating slightly. I'll give okay. it a, I'll give it a four and a half out of five, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because I understand the uh, the covering Summer Gleason with with the carpet thing. Um, I thought that it was a little bit cheesy, and also um, she can hear everything. So <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I, when he's putting on the Scowly Batman voice, which you do hear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He can't help himself. I think when he's beating people up, that's his trigger. Yeah. Right. Now comes the voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so, you know what? I I think I was gonna give it a five, but your your evidence convinced me. The the, the carpet was a little hokey. Yeah. So four and a half out of five. I I would agree with that. And there's and there was an opportunity, right? I mean, if while while uh, Bruce was fighting uh fighting the uh, the ninja, he could have um. He could have uh, Robin could have swept in and grabbed Summer Gleason and and uh, taken her out of the room, you know, like taken yeah. her through the room That's and true, yeah. cleared the room for Bruce. So there there was opportunity uh, to do something else. Uh, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I would have. Uh, that's fair. So yeah, so four and a half for me as well. Uh, but either way, listen, both episodes were were fantastic. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so as well. And uh, great episodes. And uh, so that brings this episode to a close. Um, next oh. time, oh. I need to I need to find the episodes we're watching. So people yes. who are people who are watching along with us can. Um, yes. I always I'm I'm never ready for this. <laughs> we're never ready for the end of the show. <laughs> okay. okay, the two episodes we are reviewing next week are Prophecy of Doom and The Underdwellers. I remember the Underdwellers. Prophecy of Doom is escaping me. Me too. I kind of feel like I remember it, um, but yeah, I don't remember it. If you know what I mean, like I, yeah. I conceptually like can picture it, but I I don't really remember it. So I'll be interested to see that one. Right. Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, I look forward to to revisiting those two episodes in the context of our new. Um, uh, watch order. Yes. But in the meantime, Josh, if people want to get a hold of you and continue to talk Batman the Animated Series or Silver Age comic books, where can they do that? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Loves This. Uh, that's exactly how it sounds. Josh Loves This, all one word. Um, and you can also watch uh, my watch slash listen to my podcast. Uh, which is the, called the same. Josh loves this, uh, where I discuss uh, various things beyond Batman the Animated Series, as much as I love it. Although, Adam, we do have to have you on at some point, uh, maybe once this is all over, and uh, and do a full just hour of talking about Batman the Animated Series. Anytime. Let's, uh, we'll set it up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Whatever you want to discuss, we'll do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, and i I, I got to give a shout-out to your episode with uh, Justin Kowalski about the DC Universe. Yeah. Oh, uh, it was great. It was a great discussion. 
that was really it was well done. great discussion. I've got a I've got an episode coming out with uh, Ryan Haas from Batman on Film, yeah. uh, talking about Back to the Future. So that oh. that'll be fun. It's it's I, we recorded it three weeks ago, but I've been so busy at work, I haven't been able to edit it. So did, you, uh, now, did, did, did Super Mario Brothers come up the movie because he oh it, it it did yes okay, it did okay. come up. Uh, th- throughout the show, and we will probably have Ryan back to talk about Super Mario Bros. Because I know that's that's his thing, aside from Batman. So yeah, yeah. I know that he's a fan of that uh, yeah. for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, and if you want to track me down, it's uh, my Twitter account is at Adam underscore Leaves fan. Uh, we also have a show uh, Twitter handle, which is at MMNPDC. That one is just mainly where I post the episodes and the links to the episodes and such. If somebody wants to converse on that one, I'll gladly respond. Uh, so, so uh, I have to right. say, Adam, I have to say, you and Steven have the greatest DC Comics show of the Commonwealth. I've oh, ever, thank you. It is, it is the, it is the joining of the Commonwealth nations. Um, the the uh, talking the DC about DC Comics Chronicles, you mean the one? The, the, yes, the DC Comics Chronicles. You guys, you guys are are the uh, the greatest uh, fans under the Queen. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because Canada and, and the UK, yeah, yeah. Under, under her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. You know, it's it's, it's fun that it's fun that we um, we just I find that not enough shows discuss the comics. Uh huh. You know, be them because we have the Marvel show as well, be it Marvel or DC. Uh-huh. So I thought every every once in a while, you know, every at least once a well, it's more than once a month now, but at least a minimum once a month, we want to have a comic show because we think it's important to discuss the source material that all these things that we love are are based off of. Oh my gosh, the 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 film stuff. When you do one of these podcasts, the film stuff just. Uh... Uh, over you know overshadows yeah. all of it but yeah. really if we don't have the source material we don't have great stories that e- we exactly and so uh yeah we've got i mean there's some great great stuff uh, modern stuff coming from both uh marvel and dc that uh, that we're going to cover and then uh, we always take a chance to look back and like like on our Green Lantern show, we're doing uh, we're looking back at uh, Kyle Rayner's run, for example. Oh, that, nice! That's fun to do, uh, while at the same time covering the modern day Green Lantern, which stars John Stewart. So it's it, it's a good balance, and we just like I said, it's so much fun to to talk about the comics because they're telling some really good stories right now, and I think we we have an embarrassment of riches coming with Green Lantern. Um, yes, uh, we do with yeah, with I, a I, uh, with. With what I'm pretty sure is shaping up to be a connected TV show and movie. Josh, series. you mean you're not disappointed that you didn't get uh, the garage cameo? Uh, I, I know, you know that's a thing online. I I'm People really disappointed. I'm you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no comment on that. Uh, um, I know I just I'm sorry. I, 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 I will. I, I'm really hoping though that John Boyega gets cast as John Stewart and. Uh, I take that. <laughs> And and you know who my dream is for Hal Jordan? I know everybody's calling right, me go for it. Tell nuts me. nuts for this, and this has nothing to do with Batman the animated series, but it's fine. I would love to see a uh, Hal Jordan that got the Green Lantern ring and got teleported to Oa and left his life behind on Earth behind during the Vietnam War. 
in the 1960s, so it creates a sense of legacy similar to Ant-Man uh, and, right. okay. and the Marvel Universe, the way that they do uh, Michael Douglas yes, as yeah. Hank Pym. I think Harrison Ford should be Hal Jordan. And I know that's that, crazy because that he's eight be, years old. Yeah, yeah. I think the age is the only stumbling block, really. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, but I think that uh, John Boyega and him had such great chemistry in, uh, they did. Yeah, in, they did. in, in the Star Wars movie, and uh, I just think that would be such a fun dynamic that we did, we we couldn't really see. And then you could do flashbacks, and they could de-age Harrison Ford and and all that. Or, the trouble or, is. Yeah. The trouble is, is Harrison Ford's in his 80s, and he's he's clearly getting old. He's uh, yeah, he's, and he uh, it's a miracle we're getting him back for one more indie. Yeah, yeah. Although I don't believe that that's going to be the end of that franchise, but that's neither here nor there. No, it's not going to be the end of the. I franchise. think Chris Pine will come knocking on the door, and, and not 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 when you have Chris <laughs> Pine. Not when you have Chris Pine. Or out Chris there. Pine, which is better. Yeah, I think it's a better choice. That's right. Chris yeah. Chris Pratt or Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah one of one of the Chris's. For sure, but yeah, no. So lots of comic talk on our channel, but, but and then uh, you know, so find me there. We could talk comics, we could talk animation, we could talk the movies too. Uh, just let's not argue about them because I'm totally done with that. But uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, we hope you will watch along with us as we continue our our, our uh, special watch through of Batman the Animated Series. And until. We return back to the Batcave. We hope you have a fantastic week and, uh, and a month ahead. We'll see you next month. And remember that Batman the Animated Series will last forever uh, from the first episode you watched to the last. So long, everybody.